Okay, so today's daf is Samach Dalid in Psachim. We are on Samach Gimel Amud Bet, where we left off yesterday. We are at the wide lines. It says, Tanya Kevatezerav Papa. It looks like it's about uh, ten lines, nine lines from the bottom. It's the first uh, of the wide lines on the bottom of Samach Gimel Amud Bet. It says, Tanya Kevatezerav Papa. There's a bright that supports our Papa, which says as follows. We were talking yesterday about the issue of the possession of Chametz during the time that the uh, Korban Pesach is being offered and being slaughtered, whether possession by the person who slaughters it, possession by the person who throws the blood, possession by the people who are the group that are going to be participating, or possession by the person who's going to put the emurim, the uh, body part, the innards of the, um, and the fats of the Korban on the Mizbeach. So, HaShochet the Pesach al-Chamet, the Brayta says, somebody who slaughters the Pesach while in possession of chametz, either he's in possession of it, uh, or the members of the group are in possession of it, or he violates a, a negative commandment. In Matai, when is that true? When the chametz belongs either to the person doing the slaughtering, or the person throwing the blood, or or one of the group that is involved in the Korban Pesach, that it belongs to them. But if some random guy comes into the Bet HaMikdash and he has chametz on him, we don't have to care about him. And this applies both to the person who slaughters, to the person who throws the blood, person who places the body parts, uh, not body parts in the case of the Korban Pesach, but the innards, the fats on the Mizbeach. All of them would be liable if they own chametz when they're doing that. But if somebody, molek uh, is the type of killing of a bird Korban that they do from the back of the neck. Somebody does that on the 14th of Nisan. He doesn't violate anything. And Rashi says, Shel We're talking about somebody who uh, needed to bring a korban for their purification. So in some cases, like for instance, a case of Yoledet or a case of uh, Mitzorah or whatever, uh, there's a possibility that the person will bring a um, will bring birds instead of bringing a uh, uh, instead of bringing an animal korban and um, that was the only case that we saw that it's allowed to bring. Uh, even at, even in the afternoon of Erev Pesach, even though normally we don't bring any Korban after the afternoon Tamid, except for the Korban Pesach, if the person needs to bring this Korban because they need to complete their purification so they can eat the Korban Pesach, so we make an exception. So that's why he uses the example of an Of. So Rashi says it's Lav Davka, it doesn't have to be a uh, bird, it could be any Korban, but it's using that as an example to say that it's for Mechusar Kippurim, it's sort of like a... Uh, uh, because it's so rare to have a bird korban, unless you are doing it because you're purifying yourself. So I mentioned the bird, but really it means any korban that is done in that afternoon that is not the korban Pesach isn't subject to this rule. This is only for the, the korban Pesach that if it's slaughtered when somebody possesses chametz, that it's a lotase. Or many, but we raised an objection about that. Another brighter says, that somebody who slaughters the Pesach when he has chametz, he violates a negative commandment. Rabbi Udalmer Afa Tamid, we saw that in the Mishnah, that he says, no, even the afternoon Tamid, also, if you own chametz when you slaughter it, the Kohen that uh, slaughters it owns chametz, he's also going to be liable. They said to him, they said to him, no, this law only applies to the Pesach. Okay, we'll see more about that soon. But, but it says, um, and again, it only applies if the, the person doing the slaughtering, the blood throwing, or one of the members of the group that's going to be consuming the Korban 
had chametz. Hayel echad b'sof haolam in zakukla. But if there's somebody who random guy who happens to be in the Beit Hamikdash with chametz is not going to affect the korban. Ve'echad shochet ve'echad azek ve'echad amolek ve'echad amazeh chayav. So now this is problematic because just a second ago we said that it only applies to korban pesach, and now it's saying whether it's a molek. Molek is somebody who kills a uh, bird korban. Obviously not korban pesach. Hamazeh is somebody who sprinkles the blood. Of a bird korban, we're talking about, right? So uh, it must be a bird chatatra, she explains, that's talking about. So that implies that even though the korban is not a korban pesach, but it's being offered at the time of the korban pesach, because I assume, we assume that it's a korban that's being brought by Mechusar Kippurim, by somebody who needs to complete their purification so they can eat the korban pesach, even that is considered to be uh, subject to this rule that you can't own chametz when you do it, because it's saying hamolek. These are terms that refer only to a bird korban, not just to the korban Pesach. But somebody who takes the handful from a mincha, so we have two problems here, actually. One is, so it says that somebody offers a korban mincha, is not right, so there's two contradictions. Contradiction number one is about malika, because the first b'raita said that offering the afternoon, uh, a bird korban would not be included. Only korban Pesach is included in this rule that you're not allowed to own chametz when you do it, and you'll be violating a lotase if you own chametz. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that we said that ha-maktirot emurim before we said that also the person who puts the uh, the fats and stuff of the Koban Pesach on the altar also is subject to this rule that if he owns chametz, he's going to be in trouble. The second writer says, no, the person who puts the fats doesn't count. So what's so the Gemara says, and we turn to Sarachtar, Damud Aleph, Kashem Amlika, Kashaktar You have two contradictions. One contradiction is that Brighta number one says that if somebody brings a Chatata off, even if he's allowed to, in the afternoon of, of Erev Pesach, because he's purifying, so he's completing somebody's purification process so they can eat the Korban Pesach, that he's not liable if he owns Chametz. And the second Brighta says he is. And, se- and the first Brighta says that somebody who puts the fats and the innards of the Korban Pesach on the altar is liable if he owns and the second bright that says he's not. So it's a contradiction. So Gemara says, but really, according to your reasoning, there's another contradiction because Tikshelach, he gufa, the second bright itself is an internal contradiction because because first the rabbi said that this rule only applies to the Pesach and they're negating Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda was saying that it applies also to the Korban Tamid of the afternoon. And they said, no, only the Pesach. But then the end of the bright says, oh yeah, also somebody who kills, who kills the uh, does Malika on the bird Korban. But that's obviously not the Korban Pesach. So how could you say in one line that it's only the Korban Pesach and then in the next line say that also bird Korban, obviously not the Korban Pesach. So what's going on? They're both representative of the view of Rabbi Shimon. Melika amlika lakashia. The problem of melika is not a problem because kan barbasar kan b'choloshel moed. It depends. One is talking about on the 14th of Nisan. One is talking about during Chol moed, like we said. That both Rabbi Shimon, because Rabbi Shimon was of the opinion that on Erev Pesach, the rule that you're not allowed to own chametz when you offer a korban only relates to the korban Pesach. But during Chol Moed, the rule that you're not allowed to own chametz when you bring a korban applies to any kosher korban. Uh-huh. Okay, including a bird, including any. So they're both re- reflecting Rabbi Shimon. So the Brighta makes sense. In other words, the first half of the Brighta is speaking about an Erev Pesach. Or the previous bride, that's being about Erev Pesach. Erev Pesach, that's when it only applies to the Pesach. 
but on the Cholamoed, somebody comes and they own Chametz and they bring Koban, it will be a, it'll, it'll be the prohibition again. Okay, so that's the, uh, and and with regard to the burning of the fats, it's actually a machloket. That itself is an argument. In other words, there's a debate. Whether, what does Rabbi Shimon say regarding putting the, uh, uh, the uh, emurin, putting the fats and the innards on the altar? Is that also included in the prohibition of offering a korban when you own chametz? And that's a dispute. So one bright is reflecting one student interpretation of the halachan, one is in the, another student's interpretation of the halacha of what Rabbi Shimon said. But in in terms of the um, in terms of the issue of the contradiction between the two, but I thought there's no real contradiction because uh, on the other issues, because when it comes to uh, Malika, the the fact is that it only applies to Korban Pesach on Erev Pesach, and then during Cholamoed, where there is no Korban Pesach, it applies to all other Korbanot that are kasher that you would bring during uh, during Cholamoed. Uh, now Rabbi Yudah Omer Afat Tamid. Rabbi Yudah said even the Tamid. My Tamad Rabbi Yudah. Where does Rabbi Yudah get this idea? Amalach Zivchi, because it says Lotishchat Al Chametz Dam Zivchi. Do not slaughter over Chametz my Korban Zevach Hamiuchadli. The Zevach, the Korban that is unique to me, that is that is that is special. Omai Nihu. And what is the special Korban? It is the Korban Tamid, because it says Lakrivli Bimwado, right? It says this is the Korban Lakrivli Bimwado that you should give me every day. So it's a miyuchad, it's special. So in addition to the Korban Pesach, according to Rabbi Hudad, also this rule applies on Erev Pesach in the afternoon, also to the Korban Tamid. Rabbi Shimon Omer HaPesach Barbasar, and Rabbi Shimon had made this distinction that during the on Erev Pesach it only applies to the Korban Pesach. Any other Korban that you bring, even if it's a legitimate one, you won't be liable for the rule of owning chametz when you bring it. However, during Chol HaMoed, any korban will be subject to the rule. So he says, There are two psukim. One pasuk is, Don't offer on chametz the blood of my offering. And the other one is, There's two. Right? So these two psukim, both uh, have, have to have a meaning. So it says, We interpret it as meaning double. Two things. So he says, So why, if the Torah wanted to say it twice, does it separate it into two psukim? It says, Very simple. He says, Because when, there's, when the Korban Pesach the original, in other words, the main per- focus is the Korban Pesach. So when there's a Korban Pesach, meaning on Erev Pesach in the afternoon, the law only applies to Korban Pesach. But once that time is over and you're doing Cholam now it will apply to Zivachai, all of the Zivachim that exist. And it specifically won't apply to Korban Pesach anymore because there's no Korban Pesach during Cholam But we still have the concept of not offering a Korban when you own Chametz. You could think about it as like, one halacha is unique to the Korban Pesach because obviously the Korban Pesach and Chametz don't go together, right? But also the holiday of Pesach and Chametz don't go together. So any Korban you're bringing during that time would be a, uh, it, would, it would be an, like an offensive thing to own Chametz when you're bringing it because you're doing it during Pesach. So he's saying on Erev Pesach, the halacha is only expressed in terms of the Korban Pesach, which is the Korban you're supposed to bring at that time. During the holiday, it's any, any uh, legitimate Korban that you're bringing. Why not in the afternoon of 14? Because you're not supposed to bring any other Korban at that time anyway. But Tamid is, is valid. Right. What? 
Right, he's saying that during the time of the Korban Pesach, it only applies to the Korban Pesach. Because it's a... It, it's, it's not... He, does, he just says because... It's it's telling you that on Erev, there's only one korban that it it really mainly applies to the korban Pesach. The only thing is, once you come to Cholam Moed, there's no concept of a korban Pesach anymore. There's right. just a korban being offered during the holiday of Pesach, right? So on Erev Pesach, where there is a korban Pesach, it only applies to the actual concept. Because it's not really related to Pesach. It's actually Erev Pesach, not related to Pesach. Because of this, this is why. Right, no, but, he's, but the point is that he's saying it really applies only to Korban Pesach. It only applies to things related to Pesach. Erev Pesach to Korban Tamid is not really li- related to Pesach. It just happens to fall out at the same time as the Korban Pesach, but it's not actually related to Pesach. Korban Pesach is related to Pesach. Then once pe- the holiday of Chag Matzot begins, there is no more Korban Pesach, but any Korban you bring on that time is like, you know, related to Pesach because you're bringing it on Pesach. That's what he's trying to say. So there's two ways a Korban can relate to Pesach, either because it is the Korban Pesach, right? Or because it's brought on Pesach, which means during the actual holiday of Pesach. That's, that's what he's trying to say. But because right? Chavis not allowed on Friday on the 14th afternoon, That's the Tami? reason why it's not allowed. The reason why it's not allowed is because you're bringing the Korban Pesach during that time. It's oh. circular. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The whole reason why you're not allowed to have Pes- Chavis during that time, you're not supposed to, is because of Korban Pesach being brought. Page 21. Right, right. Page 22, yeah. So why you have a what? Rabbi Shimon is saying on Erev Pesach it only applies to Korban Pesach. During Pesach it applies to all other Korbanot that are brought. Yeah, okay. So now. No, no baker bring uh, uh, Korbanot to Pesach. They have to get rid of it before. They get rid of it. Yeah. So, the, um, so, so he says, okay. That if you bring a Korban Pesach during, during Cholamoed, Lishmo for the sake of Korban Pesach, then Patur, then he's then even if he owns Chametz, he's not going to be liable. Why? Because it's invalid. Because you can't bring a Korban Pesach for the sake of Korban Pesach when it's not the time. So what? Well, no, it, that's the whole thing. If you, it, it depends. That's the that the Gemara is going to discuss that issue. If you do it actually and you say this is Lishem Korban Pesach, then it's it's, it's wrong, right? So it says then Patur. So it says Tama Delo Patur. But if you just did it. Right? Then, so it says, Amai, Pesach Bishar Yemot Right? So the thing is that you're saying that, if you did it, in other words, you took this Korban Pesach and you said, I'm doing it for Shlamim, and you owned Chametz, and it was during Cholamoed Pesach, you would be liable. Why? Because if you offer the Korban Pesach, the Shem Shlamim, it's Kasher. The only thing is, if you said Stam, you didn't say anything. You just brought the Korban Pesach. So then, what would be? Patur. Why? Like you said, automatically it should become a Shlamim. So what's the problem? Why can't you just say, I, it was, I didn't say anything, automatically Shlamim. That shows you that it doesn't automatically, this is a Machloket, it's a Machloket. Whether it automatically becomes a shlamim, or you have to say, I'm making this a shlamim. 
Right? So you see from here that you need to say you're making it a shlamim. Because if you just go and slaughter it stam without saying anything, what will happen? What will happen is how are you? that will happen. Uh, thank you. Thank you. What will happen is if you slaughter it in the uh, without saying anything, it won't automatically become a shlamim because it's it isn't you didn't have akira, you didn't uproot the 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 identity of the korban. So it says Amar Bar Gamda. The group said the following answer. Don't run to assume that. Maybe it's true that really if a Korban Pesach, let's say you had a Korban Pesach, and it went running off into the wilderness and you lost it, so you had to bring another one, okay? And then you brought it back the original. So the one that you had, the original one, no longer has a purpose. Right? So that maybe automatically becomes a shlamim. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about a, a group that they were tme'emit. They had a korban Pesach. And they missed Pesach because they were tme'im. So what are they going to do with that korban Pesach now? It doesn't automatically become a shlamim. Because they can bring it for Pesach Sheni. Right? You can't bring it till next year because it can't be more than a year old. Right? It's over. Pesach is over. Oh, right? So, so we're saying it's over. So therefore, they really, it wouldn't lose its, uh, its identity as a, uh, as a Korban Pesach because they should have really kept it for Pesach Sheni. So on there... Uh, it's impossible. It, can't, it has to be yes, less than a year old. No, but he intended for Pesach Rishon... Right, so then it would automatically become a shlamim, like we're saying. Yeah, it's that, right. So, but they're not talking about that. They're trying to find a case where it won't lose its status as Korban Pesach. It won't automatically lose its status as Korban Pesach in a case where the group didn't use it for Korban Pesach because they're waiting for Pesach Sheni. So there, if they explicitly say, you know what, we're making this a shlamim, we'll get another korban for Pesach Sheni, that's okay. But if they just bring it as it is during Pesach, during Chag HaMatzot, I'm talking about, during Cholam Moed, they just bring it and they don't specify that they want to uproot the, um, uh, the status of, uh, of Pesach, so then it's going to be like bringing a korban Pesach at the wrong time and it will be invalid because they didn't specifically say we are repurposing this to make it shlamim. So he's saying it's a machloket really. According to one view, automatically if the Pesach becomes obsolete because you fulfilled your mitzvah with a different korban, then whatever korban you had left over becomes a shlamim. Okay? That's a machloket whether you have to say I'm making it a shlamim or it automatically becomes one. But in a case where you didn't fulfill the mitzvah because you were tamei and you still had a korban Pesach around, so then naturally you would bring it for Pesach Shani. So it's definitely not going to automatically become a shlamim because unless you specifically say otherwise. Okay? But the main point is that according to Rabbi Shimon, if you bring a valid korban during Cholamoid and you own chametz, you're going to be liable. If you bring an invalid one, you're not going to be liable because the, the, the korban that you brought was invalid. So if you bring a korban Pesach during Cholamoid, which is clearly invalid, because you can't bring Korban Pesach during that time, the fact that you own Chametz is, uh, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, it's still wrong, but it doesn't make a difference to the Korban. In the case of the, uh, it, however, if you repurpose the Korban Pesach and say Shelo Lishmo, meaning you change the status of it to a Shlamim, so then it could be Kasher and then you'll be liable. Yeah, that's what he said. Now, uh, the new Mishnah says that Pesach Nishchab Shalosh Katot, like I said before, that the Pesach is brought in three groups. It says, Kahal Adat Yisrael. Kahal Ve'edav Yisrael. Three things, three words, which means three groups. First group goes in, it becomes full. So they filled up the whole uh, courtyard. They closed up the uh, courtyard wall, uh, doors, gates. They would blow the shofar. 
and uh, and do tshuva. Uh, they would do tkiya tshuva tkiya. Hakohanim omdim shorot shorot. There would be lines of kohanim. They had an assembly line. Obidehem baziche kez baziche zav. There was so they had multiple lines. How many exactly there were? It doesn't say, but they had a lot of lines. And so sub, there were silver lines and gold lines. It didn't really make a difference. It wasn't like it wasn't like a credit card, silver or gold, you know, or insurance <laughs> insurance plan. It was just uh, it just looked pretty, right? They had certain lines that were all gold, all silver. Low They didn't mix them up, so it looked beautiful, right? And they also made sure that the that the, the, the kelim they used didn't have a bottom, didn't have a flat bottom, so they couldn't put it down. Because they didn't want them to say, you know what, let's have a coffee break. We're going to put this down on the floor and we're going to go have a coffee break because then the blood will become hard, right? Now, how did it work? So you would go to your line, whatever line you were on, yeah. right? And it wasn't like but going... This was blood Blood, yeah. yeah. So it, it didn't matter. It wasn't like... The line went from where the shechita is going to take place right. to the mizbeach. So one guy would hand to the next, hand to the next, hand to the next, hand to the next, and then he would be receiving back the but, thing but back. 20, now, 20, so it, was not, it wasn't like uh, one of the supermarkets we have here that, you know, you stand in line forever. This was fast. It was assembly line. So what happens? Um, it wasn't like going to CVS. Yes. You know, there, even if you're the only person online, it takes 20 minutes. <laughs> You know, here, but here there was fast. You come in. Whoever, they sent somebody. They sent somebody. Somebody, yeah. Menuhim. I don't know who, but yeah, whoever it is, yeah. So there's a Shachat Yisrael. So it says uh, Yisrael would do the Shechita. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be Yisrael, but Yisrael is allowed to do the Shechita of a Korban. So he did the Shechita. Kibela Kohen, the Kohen received the blood. Notno lechavero, vechavero lechavero. Mekabelet hamaleo machzirot arikan. So what they would do was that, like, if you're number one on the line, you're receiving the full one from the Shochet, as you're, and then you're taking the empty one that's coming back to you from the guy, to, from number two, to hand it to the Shochet for the next one. And then you're, you know, so it's going down the line. So as two, number two, yeah. So number two, he takes the full, and then he takes the empty. He switches the empty over here, the full over to the other side, and then so on. And so, so they're all doing that. They're all doing that. So then, what happens is that it's constantly going up and down the line. The full ones going this way, the empty ones coming down this way, uh, up and down the line continuously to make it very efficient. Okay, the Kohen who was by the Mizbeach would throw it one throwing um, uh, opposite the uh, base of the altar. Okay, one yet, above. Hmm? One below and above, right? He just had to throw one. There's just one Zrikava Korban Pesach. Yeah. Um, and then Yatsta Katrishona, the first group leaves, Nechsakat Shnia, second group comes in, Yatsta Shnia, Nechsta Shlishit, Kimaser Ushakach Maser Shnia, Vashlishit. So this is the exact same process for each group, Karuita Halel. They would read the Halel during the offering of the Pesach. There was a discussion about whether this is the the people bringing the Korban would sing the Halel while they're in there, or it's talking about the Levi'im. Is it discussion about that? It, it must be, but some people say otherwise. It must be according to you. But I, but but I, but, I, but according to some, yeah, the machlo. Yeah. Well, it could be the people who are no, because it could be. It just says karu etalil. It could be the people who came to bring the korban. Yeah, yeah, they were just standing there, so maybe they were uh, doing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so im gamru shanu. If they if they finished alil, they did a second time. Im shanu shileishu. If they if they finished a second time, they did three times. Avu bishalosh shileishu mehem. That they never got to the point where they had to do three times. It was so fast that even though the azar was full of people, the assembly line was so quick. That uh, they never finished the Halil more than two times. Halil Gamor, what we do? Yeah, it's the same thing. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mimehem Shel Kat Shlishit, Lo Higiu Le'ahavti Kishma Hashem. 
meaning they never reached, uh, by the time they got to the third group, they never even reached in the first reading of the Hallel up to Ahavti Kishma Shemet Koli Tachnunai because, the, yeah, it's very close to the beginning, yeah. right? Because it meaning that there was such a small number of people who were in the third group. The first two groups were full. By the third group was also already the, the last group. There weren't so many people. Yeah, they, had like they were singing it though, so I guess it took time. One, uh, one, there was one writer said was like uh, a million uh, sheep got. Yeah, yeah, one. but but in the third group apparently that was a uh, that was the smallest group. So they did. So according to the saying, it didn't take that much time. Whole There's no such thing as chazi halal except as a minhag. There's never any chazi halal. Yeah. Anyway, because there are so few people. Everything was the same between weekday and Shabbat, meaning when erev Pesach falls on Shabbat. El shakohanim medichim et azavah shelobetun chachamim, except that the kohanim would clean the floor during the Shabbat, which the rabbis didn't like that uh, that they would clean the floor. They shouldn't have done that. And uh, and Rashi says that. This cleaning of the floor, they uh, on Erev Pesach, normally they would clean it out because the blood accumulated on the floor, but really on Shabbat they weren't supposed to do that, but they did anyway, clean it out. We'll talk water. about it more. What? They didn't plug in the water stream. And then yeah, and then they let it go, let it go out. Yeah. Really. We'll see what they talk about in the Gemara. We, we, have to stay, we have to try to stay focused because people are going to kill me. We have so many interruptions in the middle of the, of the recording. They're going to send me comments. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, at the end, with all the blood on the floor, they would somebody would pick up a cup of all the mixed blood on the floor, and they would throw it onto the mizbeach just to make sure that if anybody was, if anyone's blood spilled along the way, everyone got in. You know, the chachamim did not agree. What did they do about the skinning and the bit butchering of the animal? They would they had these uh, hooks that were hang, uh, attached to the walls or or on the uh, pillars. They would hang it and they would they would do it right there. So anybody who didn't have uh, one of these hooks available because they were all taken. So they would have like these um, uh, these sticks or these you know um, uh, that were that were very thin and very smooth and and they would they would basically put it on their um, uh, on their shoulders and they would hold it up like that. They would have on their shoulders a uh, uh, they would support the um, uh, the, the, the korban because they would put these sticks across right. And then, and they would hang it, and they would skin. Rabbi Eliezer says, whenever the 14th of Nisan fell out on Shabbat, so what did they do? There, they wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't use those sticks at all, because that was almost like a kind of makeshift building that they were doing by making the structure, by putting the sticks across their shoulders and all that. They would just use their hands. One would put his hand on the other, the other would put his hand on the other, and the combination of the hands across would be uh, would would create uh, would create like a, a structure for for it to hang from, right? Vitoleum of sheet, and that's how they would hang it, and they would uh, skin, right? What? The building. Well, it's part of the korban, so the question is, you know, to what extent you're allowed to do it, but it's not really a thing, because they're not really building anything. It's just saying it looks like you're making a structure, but you're not really. You're just hanging, putting sticks there. Right? They would cut open the korban, and they would take out the innards, and nitanoba megis viktiran, and then they would, they would put it into the, uh, into the bowl, and they would put it al gabi amizbeach. So they would, uh, so they, they took out the emurim, they put it into this bowl, and they put it on the mizbeach. The first group would leave and they would sit by harabait. This is talking about only when it was Shabbat, because on, Shabbat, on a weekday, uh, Erev Pesach, they would run home. 
to, to, to cook it. But on Shabbat, they're not allowed to cook it yet. So they would still hang out until the end of Shabbat. So the first group would sit on Harabai. The second group would be right outside of the walls of the Beit HaMikdash, not on the Harabai. They would say, they wouldn't even leave the uh, courtyard of the Beit HaMikdash because there was nowhere to stand outside. It was too crowded. Right, so so once it happened that and then they would go home and they would do their korban pesach. So this is the process that they would use. So Amar Yitzchak in a pesach mishchat there was only three groups. There has to be at least thirty people in each one of the three groups. Now, of course, there were many more than that. But Maitama it says Kol Israel. So the three words if it means that you have to have kahal Israel, each one meaning ten, you have to have them at once, meaning thirty. Or it means you have to have 30 total, 10, 10, and 10. Therefore, we say you have to have three kitot of three, 30, 30, meaning you have to have 30 in each, minimum of 30 in each. To have kol kahala dat Israel means there are three groups, and in each group, there are 30 people minimum. Right? Because if you do it at once, uh, right? because if it's bevatachat, if you have to have 30 at once you have it. And if you need to have 30 total over the three groups, that you also have that. It would also be okay to have 50. You wouldn't need to have uh, uh, 90. You could have 50 because what you could do is because you have 30 come in and they do. Then a new 10 can come in the previous 10 leaves. And then in other words, if the minimum that you'd be able to have to do a Korban Pesach is 50 people. Because you need at least 30 people present for each one of the shifts. You could do that. Now, the way that they would, that they would do it is 30, then another 30, then another 30. But let's say they only had 50 people who were doing Korban Pesach and the whole uh, Jewish people. So no problem. You put the first 30 people in. 10 of them will leave when they're done. Right? Another 10 will come in. So there's still 30. They will leave. Another 10 will come in and then they will leave. So that way you, you need a minimum of, of 50 to create the effect of having 30 present each time. Now it says, Itmar Abaye Amar Ninalu. Right, so he says that uh, it says ninalutnan. It says in the Mish- in the Mishnah that the gates were or the doors were closed, meaining passively. Ninalu is nifal. Right, Ravamar noalintenan. It should say noalin. They close it. It's an action. Right, so uh, that meaning that according to Abaye, you rely on a miracle. Miraculously, they closed. Right, so then you let as many people come in as they want, and whenever Hashem wants to close the door, he closes the door. Right, right, and Ravama no alintanat filosamchina nisa, and Rava says no, no, no. We don't rely on a miracle. We have to close it. Well, we see that it's getting full. Right, we have to use our our own initiative. Vaditz, and what it says in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda, Chaz v'Shalom, Shakav Yabin Mahalal El Nitnada. Shen Azan Nin Elet Al Kodam B'Yisrael B'Chumav Yirat Ched Ka'Akav Yabin Mahalal El. This doesn't have anything directly to do with our story, but an amazing story about Akav Yabin Mahalal El. Stories in Masechet Eduyot about his um, radical opinions and controversial opinions that they put him in Nidui. They, they excommunicated him, allegedly, and then they said, no, chas v'shalom, the, the, there was never a person as... Uh, it's a long story, but basically, a, a few things. But one of the things that he did that was very controversial was he claimed that uh, there's no sota, a, a gioret cannot be a sota. So if you have a gioret that is suspected of adultery, you should get be a sota. And they said to him, but what are you talking about? One time we know that for a fact that Shemayev Avtalion gave the waters of the Sota to a woman who was a Gioret. What's a Gioret? Convert. Oh, and they said, and they said, 
They said, he said, no, they were just doing that because it was just pretend, it wasn't real. And because they were from uh, families of Gerim, you know, they, they, they didn't want to, whatever. He, he's, he made up an answer. They said, what are you talking about? They gave a fake uh, sotad that just because they're Gerim, they came from family of Gerim, they did that. How could you say that? And so they said, that's inappropriate. And they put him in, uh, uh, that's, yeah, neither way. But that, that, there's a whole story. There's a bunch of stories about him in Masachat Ediot. Fascinating person. But the main person, point here is not about the story. The main point is it says, Nin Elet. Benifal, right? It's Benifal. It says in the passive that the, 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 the courtyard closed on him, implying that, meaning there was nobody that the courtyard closed on, meaning it's a way of saying there was nobody in the Jewish people greater in wisdom and piety than Akavya ben Mahalal El. How could you say that they excommunicated him? But what, to use the language of, uh, to, to emphasize that there was nobody in the Jewish people as great as him, it says, Enaz, Enaz that it's not closed on anybody as great as him, meaning there's nobody inside as great as him, but he uses the word nin elet, which means passive. So, it's a, so you see that it was, it was by a miracle. So, right? There's no meaning, Abaye will say that it means exactly what it says, right? There's nobody in there at the time that the doors are closed. There's nobody as great as when the doors closed. He'll just say that, no, you have to correct it also there. It means that they close the doors. It doesn't mean it closed by itself. Okay? It's a way of speaking. When you close the door, the door closes, and you're closing it. But you wouldn't say, oh, the door, it doesn't mean it closed by itself. He'll say that just means somebody closed it. Okay? So now, the rabbi said, There was never anybody trampled or crushed, in, even though it was a chaotic day. You know, one time there was a person who got crushed from the uh, throngs of people. It was the Pesach of, of the crushing because somebody got crushed, an old man. One time, Agripas Melech was a um, son of Herod who was, uh, uh, was the king. He wanted to take a census. He wanted to count the Jews. So, Figure out how many Psachim come in. That's how we'll do a census. We'll figure out how many Jews there are. So Natal Kulia Mikolachan. So he, he took a Kulia, one kidney from each one. He found 600,000 pairs, meaning 1.2 million uh, kidneys. Double the amount of Jews that came out of the time. That doesn't even include the people who are Tamei or who were away, out of town, that they couldn't bring a Korban Bezach. So 1.2 million just of the ones who were present. Right? Right. And every Pesach had at least 10 people uh, on it. So that would make it already uh, 12 million. They called it the thick Pesach because there was a lot of people. Right? So Natal Kulia, how could it be that the Kohen took a kidney from each one of the Korbanot? He had to put it on the Mizbeach. What is he doing taking the kidneys? How could he do that? So, right? So it says, because afterwards he would put it back on the Mizrach, he was just counting it, right? Oh. Doesn't it say he has to do it? Victor means that you're not supposed to mix them all together. So how can it be that he took a kulia? He took a kidney from each one, and then he put, took all those kidneys and he put them together. But you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do each korban on its own. It says maktilu because each afterwards he would go and do each one, each one separately. Uh, but he would count it. Yeah. 
And then he would take, he was counting the kidneys. He piled up the kidneys in one room. And then he would take each kidney and put it on the Mizbech, one at a time. He didn't mix the Kobanon. Don't worry, that's not going to be the end of the discussion. Don't worry, don't worry. I don't know why. Easier. Easier, I guess, yeah. And the Brighta says, that was what the coin had control over, because everything else, the people took it. So he, yeah, I mean, yeah. It says, Viktiram, that the whole thing has to be offered at once. You can't uh, offer a piece of it and then and then w- keep all the kidneys and offer the kidneys one by one at the end. You can't do that. What happened was that he would take it. It doesn't mean he actually kept it. He took it. He would show his uh, he would show his servant like uh, she says there he would show some guy some other person and then he would put like a bean or a rock or something to count it in a jar it was just a symbol of how many people there were he didn't actually take the kidney and uh, right but he would wait that's all so it talks about the Kohanim and their lines so what's the reason no, no, it's asking why they had gold separate and oh, silver separate. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. the speed for sure is the reason why they had an assembly line, right? Maybe you'll say the reason is because maybe a guy will take a gold one and then he'll take a silver one. And then it's like, In other words, maybe your concern is that a person's going to have a gold one and then he's going to get a silver one after. So he went from a high to low. Right, because when they're if they're using both gold and silver, so one guy takes the gold and then he passes it on. And they take the silver one. It's like he went down in the kedusha. We don't want to go down. Yeah, but you could say the same thing with the with the cost of it. Maybe the one that he sent is a, a, a ten million dollar one, and the one he got back is a one million. Or, you know, what's the difference? So it says Ela It's just nicer. That's all. There's no, uh, it's just nicer to have everything gold on one, silver. It, uh, it's just a matter of aesthetics. They didn't have any bottoms to them. All of the receptacles in the Mikdash, they didn't have bottoms, flat bottoms, because they don't want people to put things down and forget about them and stuff like that. It's bad. Right? I mean, in other words, if it has a pointy bottom, you can't put it down. You know you can't put it down. It's better. Right? So, Chut. Not, not, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't able to stand. It wasn't able to stand because they didn't want it to uh, put it down. The only case was that the, uh, the spoons of the lechem apanim, because um, those spoons, they had to stay flat, right? The, the ones that they would put next to the lechem apanim, Right. right, they had to be able to be flat because they had to be ne- next to the uh, next to the bread, and if they tipped over, they would tear into the bread. Right, right? so they didn't want that to happen. So that that they had um, to be flat, but everything else not. It says that the, the Israel would do the shechita. Does it really have to be a Jew, a regular Jew, right? He That's the whole point. The shechita It's just to teach you that a non kohen is allowed to do the shechita. Right. kohen and a kohen received it. Like we've learned before, that starting from the receiving of the blood is where the kohen has to do it. And then he would give it to his friend. It sounds like that shows you that moving the blood, because usually holacha is part of the avodah. You have to move from where you did the shechita and received the blood to the mizbech. You see that nobody's actually actually moving because they're just passing it to the next guy the next guy to the next guy so maybe you don't have to actually walk says Dilma who night porta maybe actually no each person moved a little bit right 
right? Elamaika mashmalan, haka mashmalan, berov am hadat melech. It's not coming to tell you that you don't have to move. You do have to move. Each guy would receive it. He would step a little bit over and he would give it to the next guy. But the uh, but the idea is berov am hadat melech to show you that we use as many people as possible because it's a greater honor to the mitzvah to have more people involved. So even he only has to move to a quarter of an inch over a little bit to give his friend. But that way it it ends up creating more of a. Uh, more of a uh, kavod around the procedure that there are more people involved and it's a big deal and there's a whole procession and in addition to it being more efficient obviously to have more people uh, doing the avodah so Bezor Hashem will pick up from here tomorrow